It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side. Here with Brian Cat, Catanzaro, and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, on iTunes and YouTube. Subscribe to our channel as well. And you can get year-round Miami Dolphins information as we move forward here into the offseason. Really creeping up on us. Uh, the free agency, we've already got some news coming out that... Uh, a couple of notable cuts around the league. Darrell Revis, Adrian Peterson, Jarius Bird, Jamal Charles, Nick Mangold, Paul. Some names thrown out here. Not not a lot of big needs for the Dolphins at those positions. Uh, do you see the Dolphins taking their hacks at any of these guys? The only way I see them doing any of those, really, is maybe if they do something I know we talked about a little bit last offseason. Not a super popular opinion out there, but Again, I know it's one that picked up a little more steam after this past season. With the injury history and the chronic hip issues of Mike Pouncey, I'm not arguing that when he's in shape, when he's healthy, when he's out on the field, he's a great player. But the same conversation we've had about Brandon Albert in the past, Mike Pouncey's not a guy that's going to give you a 16-game season. So I could see a scenario where the Dolphins could flirt with the idea, if the numbers make sense, of possibly trading or cutting Pouncey and pursuing Nick Mangold, provided Mangold's numbers aren't outrageous. And that's no insult to Pouncey, but it's a scenario that it makes business sense. And Miami's already going to have to fill two guard spots this offseason, which I know we're going to talk about. So it might make sense to at least flirt with the idea, even if it's nothing that materializes. Yeah, that would be the only way I could see them looking at Nick Mangold is if Mike Pouncey, they've really reached the opinion that this guy's not going to be able to play a full 16-game season. I think that's optimistic as it is. But, yeah, and the other players that I mentioned, I I don't see a way that the Dolphins take a hack at them either. Uh, Looking at an uh, interesting signing, actually two interesting former Dolphins defensive tackles throughout the year, Earl Mitchell and Jared Odrick. Earl Mitchell signs with the San Francisco 49ers four years, $16 million. really the same contract that he got with the Dolphins a few years ago. Uh, I, I thought he was a tremendous disappointment here in Miami. The interesting thing is even though Earl Mitchell has a 4-3 body and 4-3 attributes, you know, when he came out of Arizona, he ran a 4-8-40, 6-3, 300 pounds. That looks perfect for a 4-3 defensive tackle. Uh, didn't do the job here. But now he's going to San Francisco, and he's going to play that nose tackle spot in between two former first-rounders, DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead. Paul, a little bit rich rich for the 49ers to give this to Earl Mitchell, or is this what you were expecting? I'm not exactly shocked. I mean, he he, he is a guy with a fairly unique skill set for a defensive tackle. Even though he's a big body, he's more of an agility tackle in a way. So he, he didn't really end up being a huge scheme fit, plus he battled some nagging injuries down in Miami. You know, good good luck to him. I mean, he seems like he was a good guy. I didn't have a huge issue with, with him as a defensive tackle in Miami, but this may be a better fit for him. Give him a fresh start. Let him get off to uh, a good run and get him the hell away from our division. So if he does rekindle his his career, it's not a huge issue for us. And one uh, other piece before we move on to the team needs of the and goals of the offseason, Jared Odrick passes a physical with New England. They have some real interest in him. Uh, how much does this break your heart? I know you've got his jersey from when he was a Miami Dolphin. We were just talking about skill sets with Mitchell. 
Odrick's skill set is one that I think Bill Belichick would have an absolute field day with. You put a, a guy with Odrick's skill set with a coach that coaches to strengths and weaknesses uh, and schemes to strengths and weaknesses, you, you, God, this would be a heartbreaker if he was up here because I think he could be absolutely devastating with Belichick as a coach. Uh, yeah, me too. I mean, I I think the biggest thing with Odrick is over the last, I mean, gosh, five years with Miami and Jacksonville, he's been put into that role where he's strictly a 4-3 player. He, he He's not playing in a hybrid type of scheme. And that's that was what was attractive to me when the Dolphins drafted Jared Odrick to begin with. So I would say good luck to Odrick, but if he goes to New England, definitely not good luck. Paul, let's move on to the goals and the needs of the offseason taking a look here. So, you know, there really seem to be four or five positions that stick out for the Dolphins uh, as, as big needs where we could potentially base that strategy around. You know, if you were to take a look at the Dolphins and, and what could potentially happen, you know, with, with re-signing certain players, you know, you've got Kenny Stills out there, you've got Andre Branch out there. What would be your strategy for this offseason? Biggest need – I mean, the linebacker position is a huge need, obviously. Definitely need some defensive help, really up in the front seven more than the back four, uh, even though we may need to look at a safety as the possible eventual Rashad Jones replacement if an agreement can't be reached, or to potentially unseat Issa, even though I like the guy. But linebacker is the biggest thing, and unfortunately free agency for the Dolphins is not a huge boon as far as linebackers go this offseason. Melvin Ingram got franchised by the Chargers. Dante Hightower, uh, while he is a great player, you've got Kiko Alonso not really wanting to kick out of the middle. And really, I think Dante's, the money for Dante could be used elsewhere. So I think for the linebacker replacements, you're going to have to look at the draft and some of the young players like Neville Hewitt and Mike Hall to fill some of the voids as well. So those are some big spots for me. It, it is really along that defensive front seven. Yeah. So sticking with that, we had a question from uh, somebody from from Twitter, uh, Frazier Robinson, about Dante Hightower and if this would be the one the Dolphins would pursue. Uh, from what I've heard, that he could cost somewhere between ten and twelve million a year. If you know, that seems to be a pretty pretty rich number. To, uh, ten to twelve million a year, Paul. Would you pay that for Dante Hightower? Unfortunately. If he if he was the team's only need right now, if that was the one piece to get Miami over the hump, get him through everything, yeah, I probably would. But given all the factors out there, given the other needs the team has, while Miami's expected to have that $46 million in cap space with some more that they can clear by cuts to Coamisi, cuts to Dan Jordan, et cetera, I would not use that there. They've got to get some extensions locked up for Rashad Jones. Uh, they've got to get extensions locked up for Jarvis Landry. We've got Kenny Stills hanging over our head. And Miami needs more than just one linebacker. They need at least two going into the season. As much as I love Jelani Jenkins, as much as I love Koamisi, I love them when they're healthy. I hate seeing them on the field if they're on the field when they're not. And I hate seeing all the replacement pieces that we get in place, a.k.a. Donald Butler. So for me, as good of a player as Dante Hightower is, unfortunately, this isn't Madden. You, we can't just go out and sign all the greatest players at every position on the market. And and, and that's Dante Hightower is the premier linebacker this offseason. Miami can make a bigger splash by filling several holes than they can by filling one hole. I'm with you. I Dante Hightower is a, a fantastic player, but 
10 to 12 million a year. I, I, I don't see it. Uh, and even though it'll allow you to kick Kiko to the outside, I would be excited that we're getting a good player. But like, like you said, if you can, uh, uh, to me, the biggest word with the Dolphins this offseason is depth. Getting a handful of good players in those different need spots, guard, linebacker, defensive tackle, defensive end. To, to me, the biggest need is defensive end and defensive tackle uh, for a couple of reasons. No, number one, I, I want Cameron Wake and Jordan Phillips to be playing 30 snaps a game this upcoming season, not not to be playing 50 or you know, 45 to 50, because if that's the case, number one, Jordan Phillips won't be as effective. He's he he shows the ability on a few snaps a game or a few drives a game to really take over, especially against the pass. And I'd like to keep him there. Cameron Wake, we're, we're wasting our time and we're wasting him if 35, you know, if, if he's playing on first down all the time. So which means that the Dolphins really, in my opinion, need three more defensive linemen at least this offseason to make that happen. Uh, to, to give Andamakan Sue some help. And at, at the guard spot, yeah, you've got two major holes. It, it'll depend on, on who, who's really who's really out there when it's all said and done because you look at the guard. Right now, the guard spot in free agency with Kevin Zeitler from the Bengals, Larry Warford from the Lions, Chance Warmack from the Titans, and a few other guys in there. The Dolphins could really have an opportunity to land one of these big-time guards for you know $10 million a year or so. And now the offensive line, even with Albert not there, looks like a big coop. So, but Paul, going back to the defensive uh, line for a second. Yeah, no, actually, one of the things I want to look at over on the defensive side is something I've seen a lot of folks talk about, which is I see a lot of folks saying Miami needs to go after a big name corner. They need to make a trade for a keep to lead. They need to make a trade for this guy. They need to chase these guys down. But really, I don't know about you, Kat. For for me, when I look at what Miami was able to do in the secondary last season, when I look at Tony Lippett, when I look at Xavier Howard, when I look at the other young guys that they've got, when I look at Bobby McCain, Miami's in really good shape uh, as far as their corners go. Would I like to see them add a young corner or two with promise or potential or a veteran on a prove-it deal or, or something along those lines? Sure. Those are the, the little small moves throughout the offseason. But really, Miami's focus needs to be on the front seven. And focusing on that front seven, like you were talking about with getting those three defensive linemen, uh, like we were talking about before with getting those two linebackers, when we look at what that improvement does for the secondary, because that improves the pass rush, which forces the quarterbacks to throw sooner, which forces the corners to not have to be on their guys for four or five seconds at a time, where that keeps Cameron Wake fresh, uh, so he can be even more effective rushing the passer. That improves the secondary as well because they're not being asked to do as much, so they're able to do more with what they're asked of. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of improvement that could be had with that front seven that helps the entire defense, and as does getting back a healthy Rashad Jones. Right, yeah. Looking at the defensive backs, one advantage that they do have is they have eight players in their secondary who are 29 years old or younger. and uh, you, you look at the cornerbacks and the safeties. I mean, you've, you've Maxwell Lippitt, Howard, Bobby McCain, uh, Rashad Jones, Issa, Michael Thomas, and Walt Aikens. You've got eight players there who are 29 years old or younger. Most of them are, are on the younger side uh, of those 20. So, yeah, I, I think if it's one spot that you're going to take a look at it's, and say, hey, we're going to trust what we have here and hope that we continue to develop it as defensive back. Uh, one thing I would be a little bit more open to is, 
if they really like A.J. Bowie, the cornerback from the Texans, who had a, an amazing year last year, uh, looked like an elite cornerback, uh, if they say, hey, look, we've got a lot of money, we're building more for the, for the future, or we're building more for long-term instead of short-term, we're going to sub out A.J. Bowie with Byron Maxwell because we're not sure if Maxwell can play a whole season. Would be a little bit open to that, but I, I would probably rather even keep the secondary the way it is. Maybe add a player like Trevin Wade from the Giants, or Cody Sensabaugh from the Rams, one of those role players to give us a little bit more depth. But for me overall, the Dolphins have to this offseason, for me, nail the guard spot, at least one guard spot and defensive end, because otherwise you're, you're, cutting, you're cutting games off of Cameron Wake's career, and that doesn't do well for anybody. Paul, uh, anything else that you want to add before we wrap up the segment? Uh, yeah, I, want, I just want to talk a little bit about that guard spot I, and, and kind of go back to that question that we had gotten about Dante Hightower. I would much rather see Miami go out, spend the money on, on, on Zeitler, who you mentioned, spend the money maybe on Warmack, and suddenly look at that offensive line from left to right. Uh, as it stands right now, you'd have uh, Juwan James at right tackle, you might have Warmack at right guard, uh, Pouncey at the center position, Zeitler at left guard, and Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. Suddenly you've got an elite offensive line, and you could probably mix and match Zeitler and Warmack for roughly about $16 million combined, maybe $17 million, hopefully, given, given the talent that's in the guard market out there. So there are some possibilities there of what you can do. And, and suddenly – that enables Ryan Tannehill to stay upright and healthy. That enables Jay Ajayi to st- not only stay upright and healthy, but to rush for, for possibly even more yards. So there, there is a lot that you can do, but that offensive line is going to be key. So if I was going to focus on anything, that front seven and the guard position are huge, as well as we do need another receiver, uh, whether it's Kenny Stills or somebody else out there on the market, which I know we covered a lot of Kenny Stills talk last week, and it looks like he's right in the neighborhood we talked about uh, in terms of it being $12 million a year. So could be interesting yeah, this offseason. You bring up the guards, the, the guard spot. I I have a hard time seeing the Dolphins being able to land both of those guards. And I'm not quite sure if we'd even want to because for a couple of reasons. You know, if, if you look at, like you said, War, Chance Warmack and Deitler, Zeitler and Warmack and, and Warford have all been right guards their entire their, their entire careers. And I think if you can get one of them, it's probably going to cost for, for Zeitler. I think it'll be 10 million easily uh, as a comparison to that Laurent uh, Duvernay Tardif, the right guard for the chiefs. And some people might be thinking, who's that? Uh, he just signed a contract extension, five years, $41 million. And I think Zeitler is a step above him. So, if the Dolphins were to sign Zeitler, I'd have a hard time seeing them being able to, to land another guard out there. And, and if they do, they're really using probably over half of the money that they have for it, too. And now defensively, you're really going to have to be scraping the bottle of the barrel at these positions. But at guard, if they can land Zeitler from, from left to right, yeah, you've got say, – say heading into the draft, you've got Tunzel, Craig Urbic, Pouncey, Zeitler and Juwan James. I think that's a very solid offensive line. Not to mention the Dolphins with those two, or with those three compensatory selections—a three, five, and a five—might be able to, to draft two interior linemen there and develop those appropriately. So 
uh, yeah, but overall, for me, guard and defensive end are the spots I really want the Dolphins to nail. You've got to pressure the quarterback, and you've got to make sure Ryan Tannehill is protected. So, Paul, uh, with, having said that, we are going to wrap up the segment. And please uh, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on iTunes, as well as subscribe to us on YouTube. We're going to be having all your off-season coverage. We're really going to get into the draft here over the next couple of weeks. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it's on the fifth side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fifth side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fifth side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in To see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do again We rep our team, you can't change, stop, or ruin it All we need is to figure what to do to win Fans Radio, live and direct You know how to book flights and hotels All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive That's why you need Viator Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.